You don't have to be stuck in a cycle of thoughts that are making falling asleep difficult. On Drift Off, we're here to help. Each episode is a bedtime story that will help you relax as you focus on listening. I'm your host, Joanne, and I'm ready to help tuck you in. But before you drift off, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite app. And leaving a review or rating on Apple Podcasts can really help our new podcast grow. And thank you so much for your support. In tonight's episode, I'm going to read you a popular fairy tale by Hans Christian Andersen called Thumbelina, a story of a tiny, tiny little girl and her exciting journey through nature. And so, my friend, the day is over. You did your best. Night has come. It's time to rest. There was once a woman who wished very much to have a little child. She went to a fairy and said, I would very much like to have a little child. Can you tell me where I can find one? That can be easily managed, said the fairy. Here is a barley corn, but it is not the same as those that grow in the farmer's fields. Put it into a flower pot and see what will happen. Thank you, said the woman and she paid the fairy and went home to plant it. There it grew into a large flower bud. It is such a beautiful flower, said the woman, and she kissed the petals, and suddenly the flower opened, and she could see that it was a tulip. But within the flower sat a delicate and graceful little maiden. She was so tiny, barely half as long as a thumb, and they gave her the name Thumbelina. A walnut shell served her for a cradle. Her bed was formed of blue-violet leaves with a rose leaf as a blanket. Here she slept that night, but during the day, she amused herself on a table where the woman had placed a bowl full of water. Here, Thumbelina floated on a large tulip leaf, which she used as a little boat. She rowed from side to side with two oars made of white horsehair. It was such a pretty sight. Thumbelina could also sing so beautifully that nothing like her singing had ever before been heard. One night, while she lay in her pretty bed, a large toad crept through a small hole in the window and leaped right upon the table where she lay sleeping under her rose-leaf quilt What a pretty wife this would make for my son, said the toad. And she took the shell 
in which Thumbelina lay asleep and jumped through the window with it into the garden. The toad lived in a swamp in the garden with her son. When he saw the pretty little maiden in her bed, all he could do was croak three times. Don't speak so loud or she will wake and then she might run away, said the mother. We will place her on one of the water lilies out in the stream. It will be like an island to her. She is so small and cannot escape. While she is there, we will hurry and prepare the stateroom under the marsh in which you both will live when you're married. Far out in the stream grew a number of water lilies with large green leaves which seemed to float on top of the water. The toad swam out with the walnut shell to a large green leaf that appeared farther off than the rest. The tiny little maiden woke very early in the morning and began to cry when she saw where she was. She could see nothing but water on every side of the large green leaf and no way of reaching the land. Meanwhile, the old toad was very busy under the marsh. She was preparing the room to make it look pretty for her new daughter-in-law. When she was done, she returned to the water lily with her son. The old toad bowed her head and said, Here is my son. He will be your husband, and you will live happily together in the marsh by the stream. At that, the mother and son took the little bed and swam away with it, leaving Thumbelina all alone on the green leaf. Thumbelina felt hopeless, and she sat down and wept. She could not bear to think of living with the old toad and having her son as a husband. There were little fishes who swam about in the water beneath the lily pads. They had seen and heard what the toad said, and they lifted their heads above the water to look at the little maiden. As soon as they saw her weeping, they felt very sad for her. So they gathered together in the water around the green stalk that held the leaf where the little maiden stood and chewed at the root with their teeth. Then the leaf floated down the stream, carrying Thumbelina far away from land. So the leaf floated away farther and farther till it brought her to other lands. A graceful white butterfly constantly fluttered round her and at last alighted on the leaf. The little maiden pleased him and she was glad of it, for now the toad could not possibly reach her and the country through which she sailed was beautiful. She took off her sash and tied one end of it round the butterfly 
fastening the other end of the ribbon to the leaf, which now glided on much faster than before, taking Thumbelina with it as she stood. Suddenly, a large maybug flew by. The moment he caught sight of her, he seized her with his claws and flew with her into a tree. The green leaf floated away on the brook, along with the butterfly, for he was fastened to it and could not get away. Oh, how frightened Thumbelina felt when the maybug flew with her to the tree. She felt sorry for the beautiful white butterfly, for if he could not free himself, he would die of hunger. But the maybug did not care about this. He seated himself beside her on a large green leaf and gave her some honey from the flowers to eat. After a time, all the maybugs who lived in the tree came to pay Thumbelina a visit. They stared at her, and then the young lady maybugs turned up their feelers and said, She has only two legs. How odd that looks. She has no feelers, said another. Her waist is quite slim. She is like a human being. She is quite odd looking, they all said. The bug who had run away with her believed them when they said she was odd and he would have nothing more to do with her. He told her she was free to go where she liked and then he flew down with her from the tree and placed her on a daisy and left. Thumbelina was frightened, alone, and homesick, and she wept. During the whole summer, poor Thumbelina lived quite alone in the forest. With blades of grass, she wove herself a bed and placed it up under a broad leaf to protect herself from the rain. She sucked the honey from the flowers for food and drank the dew from their leaves every morning. So passed away the summer and the autumn and then came the winter, the long, cold winter. All the birds who had sung to her so sweetly had flown away and the trees and the flowers had withered. The large leaf that served as a shelter of which she had lived had rolled and shriveled. She felt dreadfully cold, for her clothes were torn. She was so frail and delicate that she was nearly frozen to death. It began to snow too, and the snowflakes were very large because she was so tiny. She wrapped herself around a dry leaf, but it cracked in the middle and could not keep her warm, and she shivered with cold. Near the wood in which she had been living was a large cornfield, but the corn had been cut a long time and nothing remained 
but the bare, dry stubble standing up out of the frozen ground. To her, it was like walking through a large wood. Oh, how she shivered with the cold. She came at last to the door of a field mouse who had a little den under the corn stubble. There the mouse lived in warmth and comfort with a whole roomful of corn, a kitchen, and a beautiful dining room. Poor Thumbelina, she stood before the door like a poor beggar girl and asked for a small piece of barley corn for she had not eaten for two days. You poor thing, said the field mouse, for she was very kind. Come into my warm room and dine with me. She liked Thumbelina, so she said, You are quite welcome to stay with me all winter if you like, but you must keep my rooms clean and neat and tell me stories, for I would like that very much. And Thumbelina did all that the field mouse asked her and found herself very comfortable. We shall have a visitor soon, said the field mouse one day. My neighbor pays me a visit once a week. He is very rich and learned, and his house is twenty times larger than mine, and he wears a beautiful black velvet coat, said the mouse. Thumbelina did not care about this neighbor, for he was a mole. However, he came and paid his visit, dressed in his black velvet coat. He was rich and learned, no doubt, but he always spoke badly of the sun and the pretty flowers because he had never seen them. Thumbelina was obliged to sing to him, and she sang many pretty songs. The mole fell in love with her because she had such a sweet voice. The mole had dug a long passage under the earth, which led from the dwelling of the field mouse to his own, and here the field mouse and Thumbelina had permission to walk whenever they liked. But he warned them not to be alarmed at the sight of a dead bird which lay in the passage. It was a perfect bird with a beak and feathers and could not have been dead long. It was lying just where the mole had made his passage. The mole took in his mouth a piece of phosphorescent wood which glittered like fire in the dark, then led them through the long dark passage. When they came to the spot where the dead bird lay, the mole pushed his broad nose through the ceiling so that the earth gave way and the daylight shone into the passage. There in the middle of the floor lay a swallow, his beautiful wings pulled close to his sides, his feet drawn up under his feathers. The poor bird had evidently died of the cold. It made little Thumbelina very sad to see it, 
She loved the little birds very much, for all the summer long they had sung for her so beautifully. But the mole pushed the bird aside with his crooked legs and said, He will sing no more now. How miserable it must be to be born a little bird. Yes, so true, exclaimed the field mouse. Thumbelina said nothing, but when the two others had turned their backs upon the bird, she stooped down and stroked aside the soft feathers which covered his head and kissed the closed eyelids. Perhaps this was the one who sang to me so sweetly in the summer, she said, and how much pleasure it gave me, you dear pretty bird. The mole now closed back up the hole through which the daylight shone and then accompanied the ladies home. During the night, Thumbelina could not sleep, so she got out of bed and wove a large, beautiful carpet of hay. She carried it to the dead bird and spread it over him, along with some down from flowers she had found in the field mouse's room. It was soft as wool, and she spread it on either side of the bird so that he may lie warmly on the cold earth. Farewell, pretty little bird, said she, farewell. Thank you for your delightful singing during the summer when all the trees were green and the sun shone upon us. Then she laid her head on the bird's breast, but she was alarmed, for it seemed as if something inside the bird went thump, thump, it was the bird's heart. He was not really dead, only benumbed with the cold, and the warmth had restored him to life. You see, in autumn, all the swallows fly away to warm countries, but if one happens to linger, the bird becomes chilled and falls down as if dead. Thumbelina trembled very much. She was quite frightened for the bird was very large compared to herself, who was only an inch high. But she took courage, laid the wool more thickly over the poor swallow. Then she took a leaf, which she had used as her own bedspread, and laid it over his head. The next night, she again stole out to see him. He was alive, but very weak, he could only open his eyes for a moment to look at Thumbelina. Thank you, pretty little maiden, said the sick swallow. I have been warmed so nicely that I will soon regain my strength and be able to fly again in the warm sunshine. Oh, said she, it is winter and it is very cold with snow and ice. Stay in your warm bed and I will take care of you. She brought the swallow some water in a flower leaf, and after he had a drink, he told her that he had wounded one of his wings in a thorn bush and could not fly as fast as the others, who were soon far away on their journey to warm countries. At last he had fallen to the earth and could remember nothing more.
nor how he came to be where she had found him. All winter, the swallow remained underground, and Thumbelina nursed him with care and love. She did not tell either the mole or the field mouse anything about it, for they did not like swallows. Very soon, springtime came, and the sun warmed the earth. Then, the swallow bade farewell to Thumbelina, and she opened the hole in the ceiling which the mole had made. The sun shone upon them so beautifully that the swallow asked her if she would go with him. She could sit on his back, and he would fly away with her into the green woods. Thumbelina knew it would grieve the field mouse if she left, so she said, No, I cannot. Farewell, then. Farewell, you good little maiden, said the swallow, and he flew out into the sunshine. Thumbelina looked after him, and the tears rose in her eyes. She was very fond of the poor swallow. She could hear his cheery song as he flew out into the green woods, and she felt very sad. She was not allowed to go out into the warm sunshine. The corn which had been sowed in the field over the house of the field mouse had now grown high up into the air and formed a thick wood to Thumbelina, who was only an inch in height. You are going to be married, little one, said the field mouse. My neighbor has asked for you. What good fortune for a young maiden like you. Now we will prepare your wedding clothes. Thumbelina had to turn the spindle, and the field mouse weaved all day and night. Every evening, the mole visited her and was always speaking of the time when the summer would be over and then they would marry. You see, they needed to wait because the heat of the sun was too great for the mole. As soon as the summer was over, the wedding would take place. Thumbelina was not happy, for she did not like the mole. Every morning when the sun rose, and every evening when it went down, she would creep out to the door, and as the wind blew aside the ears of the corn, she could see the blue sky. She thought how beautiful and bright it seemed out there, and she wished so much to see her dear friend the swallow again. Yet, he never returned for by this time he had flown far away into the lovely green forest. When Autumn arrived, her outfit was ready, and the field mouse said to her, In four weeks the wedding will take place. Then she cried and said she would not marry the mole. Nonsense, replied the field mouse. Now don't be stubborn for he is a very handsome mole. His kitchens and cellars are quite full. 
you ought to be very grateful for such good fortune. So the wedding day was fixed. The little maiden was very unhappy at the thought of saying farewell to the beautiful sun. The field mouse had given her permission to stand at the door one last time, and she went to look at it once more. Farewell, bright sun, she cried, stretching out her arm towards it. And then she walked a short distance from the house, for the corn had been cut and only the dry stubble remained in the fields. Farewell, she repeated. Just then, she heard a familiar bird song in the distance, and when she looked up, there was the swallow flying close by. As soon as he spied Thumbelina, he was delighted. She told him how unwilling she was to marry the mole, and as she told him, she wept. The cold winter is coming, said the swallow, and I am going to fly away to warmer countries. Will you come with me? You can sit on my back and fasten yourself with your sash. Then we can fly away from the mole and his gloomy rooms, far away, over the mountains, where the sun shines more brightly than here, where it is always summer. Fly now with me, dear little one. You saved my life when I lay frozen. Now let me save yours. Yes, I will go with you, said Thumbelina, and she seated herself on the bird's back with her feet on his outstretched wings and hide herself to one of his strongest feathers with her sash. The swallow rose in the air and flew over forest and over sea, high above the highest mountains covered with snow. Thumbelina would have been frozen in the cold air, but she crept under the bird's warm feathers, keeping her little head uncovered so that she might admire the beautiful lands over which they passed. At length, they reached the warm countries, where the sun shines brightly and the sky seems so much higher above the earth. Here by the hedges grew purple and white grapes. Lemons and oranges hung from trees in the fields and the air was fragrant with orange blossoms. Beautiful children ran along the country lanes, playing with large butterflies. As the swallow flew farther and farther, every place appeared still more lovely. At last, they came to a crystal blue lake, and by the side of it, Shaded by trees of the deepest green, stood a palace of dazzling white marble built in the olden times. Vines clustered round its lofty pillars, and at the top were many swallows' nests. One of these was the home of the swallow. 
This is my house, said the swallow, but it is not good for you to live here because you would not be comfortable. You must choose for yourself one of those lovely flowers and I will put you down upon it and then you shall have everything that you wish to make you happy. That will be delightful, she said and clapped her little hands for joy. A large marble pillar lay on the ground, which, in falling, had been broken into three pieces. Between these pieces grew the most beautiful large white flowers, so the swallow flew down with Thumbelina and placed her on one of the broad leaves. But how surprised she was to see in the middle of the flower a tiny little man as white and transparent as if he had been made of crystal. He had a gold crown on his head and delicate wings at his shoulders and was not much larger than was she herself. He was the angel of the flower. In this country, a tiny man and a tiny woman live in every flower and this was the king of them all. Oh, how handsome he is, whispered Thumbelina to the swallow. The little prince was at first quite frightened at the bird, who was like a giant compared to such a delicate little creature as himself. But when he saw Thumbelina, he was delighted and thought her the prettiest little maiden he had ever seen. He took the gold crown from his head and placed it on hers and asked her if she would be his wife and queen of all the flowers. She said yes to the young prince. Then all the flowers opened and out of each came a little lady or a tiny lord all so pretty and delicate. Each of them brought Thumbelina a present, but the best gift was a pair of beautiful wings which had belonged to a large white butterfly, and they fastened them to Thumbelina's shoulders so that she too might fly from flower to flower. Then there was much rejoicing. The little swallow who sat above them in his nest was asked to sing a wedding song in which he did. But he felt sad, for he was very fond of Thumbelina and wished to never part from her again. Farewell, said the swallow with a heavy heart as he left the warm countries to fly back to Denmark. There he had a nest over the window of a house in which lived the writer of fairy tales. The swallow sang, tweet, tweet, and from his song came the whole story.